0: Okay, college basketball fans, we are living in it right now. Episode 38, it's Mad About Hoops. I'm your college basketball friend, Timmy Hall. He's your college basketball friend, Evil Bald Colin. It's good to be alive right now, man. Yes,
1: it's good to be alive, but I, I don't think we're as mad about hoops as I think the Horizon League might be because what the hell's going on over there?
0: Oh my goodness, the Horizon League. <laughs> if, if you don't know what he's talking about, we, will, we started walking down this road in the last pod, how we were noticing some of the other small conference tournaments that were about to pick up play. The Horizon League had already started play, technically, when we did our last podcast. They had some on-campus games. They had some more on-campus games. And... It was complete madness, man. I mean, go, go ahead and tell them, like, real quick, if they're not familiar with what happened in the Milwaukee-Wright State game. It's everything that we love about this month, expecting yeah, the unexpected. Yeah, yeah, start with the one with the team that
1: had winning the championship. That's great. Uh, Yeah, so Wright State basically had a 24-point lead with seven or six minutes left in the game. They eventually went to overtime tied 81-81, but on the way there they gave up 14 points in the final minutes of the game to actually allow Milwaukee no. to tie that game. Yes.
0: No, you're lying, right? Like that can't be that can't be serious. That can't be a real I, stat I, I, that you I, just said. You know what? It, it's true
1: and it's actually Milwaukee has the two craziest comebacks of the year. I believe that one that one and then they also had a 12-point comeback I believe with like a minute 30 left in the game or something
0: wild like that. You know, I I don't want to do it to you, but maybe I'll pull up the old play-by-play sheet. I thought I had it at a 13-point comeback in the final minute. But you said 14. We no, can throw I that think extra they scored, point on top. I think they scored cool 14.
1: Too. I think they scored 14
0: not a 13-point I, I comeback. Hear, I, thought, I thought with, like, 52 seconds left, they hit the three, and then that started the barrage of scoring, which got it to overtime, and then Milwaukee got it done. But beyond that, like, that was straight up – Northern Iowa, Texas AM kind of insanity where you just have to be slopping the ball all over the place, giving up open looks, fouling dudes, giving up three point shots, just complete boneheaded play all the way around and some magic from Milwaukee. Isn't that the school that produced Tony Bennett? It is, right? I you dub Milwaukee? I th- think it is, yes.
1: I think. Because all if my man. mind's going together, I believe LaValle Jordan yeah. was at
0: uh, Green Bay. So that does sound about right. And that's the same place, right? It's just been re- rebranded. Or no, no, Green Bay would not be Milwaukee, clearly. That's right. A different school entirely. Yeah, I think they both dropped the uh, Wisconsin part, but nonetheless. All right, well, we're going to have a lot of fun here. Evil, one of the things we're going to do is you and I, we're, we're going to take some trips down memory lane and... Part of why we started doing this podcast is because we just love it. We love the game. That's why it's it's sort of in the title. Mad about hoops because we're all about madness and we just want to get to this month, live in this month, lock it in. And we, we grew up loving the tournament, so we get all sorts of memories, where why it's special to us, and things that pop off the page, and favorite moments, favorite memories, things like that. Games that we've gotten to be in person for, games that we watched on TV that just stay with us. So we'll start going through some of those, and we'll take another deep look into some conference tournaments. And we're also going to have some exciting news for you guys to take in this podcast in another way coming up here On Selection Sunday. So we'll tell you about that. Just nestle into your favorite spot. Sit back and relax because your head's going to be aching when the college basketball starts flying at you. So enjoy this episode of Mad About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner across the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He hit it! He hit it! He hit it! He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. You find oh, oh! 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 Set it in, Jerome! Ha oh. <laughs> ha! College basketball. This is March Madness. You know, you were right, Evil. It was 14 points in the final 52 seconds, so why I continue to try to take a brain like yours to task is beyond me. (laughs) Well, it's a lot more because
1: I picked them, and I was watching it intently, (laughs) and I was crumbling as the minutes went by.
0: Uh, Were you watching that one in real time? Yeah, yeah, no, I've been using
1: the crap out of my ESPN Plus account, and uh, that was no fun. Has it glitched on you yet? Has it told you to uh, get the hell out? If, yeah, I think one time. I've it timed out. I, I think it actually did it last night. I was watching Longwood and Winthrop, and there, it was pretty much glitching. Like, hey, do you really want to watch it? It's almost a 30-point game. I'm like, yeah, it's the Winthrop Eagles. Of course I want to watch it. But, uh, yeah, it, it can get a little messy.
0: Longwood sounds like some cheap CW drama series. Well, it
1: is one of the schools <laughs> that has never made the tournament before. So,
0: Where is it, Longwood? I believe North Carolina. I couldn't tell you where, though. No, it's close, though. It's close. It's in a town called Farmville, Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. Yeah, it's it can't be but a stone's throw away from one of those military high schools that produced a very famous Ohio State running back by the name of Eddie George. And I believe Cardale Jones and Michael Thomas Wound up there as well. Fork Union Military Academy. Right. Yeah. Not I too do. far I, away from there. I do remember that. You're right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. There are so many schools in Virginia. It's crazy. Just the number of universities, four year colleges that they have <laughs> in the state of Virginia. In the Commonwealth, I should say. It's got to be up, uh, it's got to be up in the 60s, 70s, or 80s. Just different spots that you can go to. And most of them you never heard of. Like r- I'm looking at the map right now. Right down the road from Longwood University, Hampton, Sydney, one of those spots. You've got Virginia Military Institute, right? If you go over to the middle of nowhere in Lexington, you think about Lynchburg, Virginia, right? Liberty. Liberty. Liberty University well, I'm actually there. I'm
1: watching the gamecast right now. They're in a tight one with Stetson in uh, the A <laughs> Sun semifinals. Are you serious? i are watching Liberty
0: literally right now.
1: 100 percent Well, I'm watching the game cast. I'm not actually watching the actual game, but yeah, no, Okay. Stetson okay. had a really, really fun upset over Bellerman. I think it's how
0: you pronounce it, right? Bellerman or Bellermine. Yeah. See I'm, they're one of the here's, newbies.
1: Here's the thing. I remember Seth Greenberg on ESPN saying it the wrong way, and like their their Twitter account like took a shot at him pretty much. So I don't want to so know what it was he saying? I think he said Bellarmine. I think
0: it's Bellerman. Oh, well, so he okay. So if it wasn't Bellermine. Let's go I, with what. You, let's believe, go with your switch up. Then.
1: I believe, but yes, no, it was a it was a really good game. And then uh, Florida Gulf Coast, who's still in the mix, they're in the semifinals. They beat uh, uh, Lipscomb last night, so it's uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, gonna I'm actually, all in on
0: it. I'm actually gonna do the the Google voice thing right now. Let's see if you can hear it to get the pronunciation right. Bellarmine. Did you hear that? Bellarmine. 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 Okay. I mean, the computer woman knows all. Right? You got you got to <laughs> trust her, and it actually does have it for as, the most part bellarmine university it says the university in louisville kentucky so it's not just some some dude or some chick that's named bellarmine and at one point in time and it's not the one associated to the university it is that one bellarmine Bellarmine. (laughs) it's like the law bellarmine bellarmine if you say it fast which which, which was
1: really weird about that is everybody was really high on bellarmine going into this tournament but at the same time there wasn't a whole lot of excitement because this was a Another rule that I hate with the NCAA, it's one of those schools, it was their first year in D1, so they were not allowed per the NCAA transition rules to actually qualify Mm, for the tournament. We had that with Merrimack last year. Had they would have had a tournament, they would have been the automatic big quote-unquote, but they wouldn't have actually gone. Uh, But yeah, no, there's a lot of craziness. If you've been paying attention a little bit to some of these small tournaments, there's been a lot going on.
0: So the other thing that we were that we were kicking around in the open there that we weren't sure about was Tony Bennett, which school did he go to? We were right. talking some Horizon League tournament. I've got Tony Bennett at Green Bay. Really? So not Milwaukee, all right? Not Milwaukee. Maybe I had it backwards. What about Dick Bennett? Let me plug in Dick Bennett, his his father, who of course had the heyday with with the Wisconsin Badgers and I can still remember as we talk tournament memories one of those Purdue teams that could have gone to a final four got stopped by a Dick Bennett, Wisconsin team. It was actually before Well, Bo here's Ryan the thing. I think
1: he was at Washington State before his son
0: took the job. They bu- yeah, Dick Bennett was at Washington State. He was he was at Green Bay too. so no, we're wrong about the Milwaukee. Milwaukee's just Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee I was Laval then. Jordan.
1: I think yeah, I think I had that backwards.
0: Okay, so Jordan that was there. Yeah, but that's not. That's certainly not like Dick Bennett and Tony Bennett. I mean, Laval's got to prove his coaching chops here. Well, that's the thing. He never really proved his chops
1: in the one year he had as a head coach, and then, uh, they freaked out because Ohio State stole Holtman in June, and yeah, the rest is history.
0: But So you're you're watching a game cast of some, what'd you say, A-Sun action? Oh, Liberty yeah. I just, I just
1: finished up with the uh, A-10 one with St. Louis. St. Louis is a four seed. I actually had them winning over VCU in the final. So, uh,
0: yeah. I I've, Okay, I've so been what big happened on... in that one? Because I just paused my screen as we started recording. Yeah, here. And we're I... coming to you at about 3.30 <laughs> on March 5th, just to give you some... Some frame of reference. Like you said, I, I just went to NBC Sports Network just so I could have some A-10 basketball on the screen because Dayton and VCU are getting ready to go. Right. So what happened in that game? Yes, yeah,
1: it, so be- it was a, like a 13 or 15 point game, but St. Louis did beat UMass, which is good for them. They're going to play St. Bonaventure, I believe, Top tomorrow. Or, uh, actually, the A-10 schedule is kind of spread out. I really don't know because they're not going to crown their champion until next weekend. That is pretty spread yeah,
0: they, out. They, really, they spread it out almost over like 10 days. It's really weird I gotta tell you though I just paused it and now my YouTube TV just completely (laughs) crashed and glitched out so now it's gonna go back to live but I just had the screen paused on the beautiful graphic Of the bracket, and I know it's not the big bracket, but still, just to see conference tournament brackets with all the colors and the team logos and the seeds and everything, isn't it just pretty just to catch it for 10 or 15 seconds on a TV broadcast while the guys are breaking it down, then they filter it back, it fades away, and they go back to the action. It's just... Oh my God, it just gives me goosebumps. We're just sitting here talking about the Atlantic Ten and the A ten. While I'm fond of it, for the most part, it sucks this year. They have some really disappointing teams. Yeah. And what well, like Rhode Island, right? Like remember ah, how we talked about tough. Fats Russell and that how much we loved us, some fats, right? Who mm-hmm. in his downtime he's playing Jackie Gleason and pool. but he he didn't do much this year. Well, he might have been dealing the, with some The A10 too. as a whole was pretty I would say they beat up on each other
1: like there wasn't really a team that over for a stretch there St. Bonaventure kind of dominated the league but outside of that I mean almost every team in that league has some type of loss that you kind of you know clench up at like how did you lose that game I I think it was more as a whole as a conference really deep while the bottom was pretty bad I mean you still had a St. Joe's team that ended the year on like a three uh three game winning streak and then just got blown out by uh I believe, St. Bonaventure, so...
0: And then Dayton beat St. Bonaventure in their final regular season game. That's they right. They got the top seed after they'd already but, secured that spot. But, Saint bon-
1: or, uh, but Dayton also gave up, like, 90-plus points to St. Joe's, like, a week or so ahead of that. Like, it's just... It's all over the place. seems teams were just eating each other
0: alive. Yeah, and but there's also been some bad basketball, too. Like, sure. I, I can't sit here and tell you that I've been... I've been paying normal attention to A10 basketball this year, but right. when when I went poking around because we, we follow a lot of guys, you know the David Jablonskis of the world and and uh, different just different friends that we have in the media here, being in Columbus over at Dayton, and it's a it's a prideful town. We know that, and they love their basketball, and that's what I love about them. And even when they are having a disappointing year. When I, you don't even want, we've gotten into it on other podcasts. You, it's almost right. too open of a wound to go talking about how <sighs> devastating that would be to lose that team last season, and then now that everything is going to happen, you're fourteen and eight. Whoop de frickin' do, and you have to win the A ten if you want to go dancing at all. Like it, it'd be nice that if Dayton could get to a spot where. Three out of every four years, they're making the tournament. The A-10, we agree, can be that kind of league. Mm-hmm. It certainly is not a one-bid big bid league. And we've seen it's cases where it can push. It's not going to be. They're going to yeah, yeah. get at least two. But, but we've seen cases where... I wonder what the max for them is, but three, four, five teams is not unheard of uh, if, to see from the A ten when you look at the quality of programs mm-hmm. and the basketball tradition that they
1: have. I think if a team like a Dayton or a Davidson or a St. Louis wins this tournament, I think you can get three. The problem is is I think <sighs> St. Bonaventure's like VCU kind of
0: lock. Yeah, VCU I, VCU, I feels like right a now. lock.
1: St. Bonaventures, they they've been flirting with the bubble a little bit. Uh, I don't know if they don't win the tournament, how it's going to really turn out for them, but I think that's your most likely scenario is if like a St. Louis or a Davidson, one of those top four seats, also steals uh, a bid, you could get three.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going a little high saying VCU is a lock. They're bubblicious for sure, but they are they're in a lot of projections right now so they would definitely need to win this i mean they have to win on their home court right now against the dayton flyers and they got off to a rip-roaring start i saw like eight to one on the screen there as it just went to commercial so again coming to you on a beautiful sunny afternoon on a march 5th on a friday we've we've sort of jumped onto the friday train here for dropping these podcasts but you know, it's just seeing all the conference tournaments, even seeing the sunshine out there. I don't know if it does this for you, Evil, but I just have so many memories wherever I've been in life. You know, even if you live in a cold weather city, the month turns to March. You might get the good graces to see the snow start melting and you can get outside. The The days are a little bit longer, so you're getting more sunshine. And it just puts you in a happy place like these are just all things that make the neurons fire in the brain, right? Like just the idea of going to have an ice cold beer and being in a sports bar with friends and all the TVs are on and you can walk outside onto the patio and it's a beautiful sunshiny day. It's just everything weather, basketball, beer, people that you love. It's just a great time to be alive, man.
1: Yeah, it's obviously going to be different this year because of, you know, you can't really gather in that sense. But yeah, uh, me, personally, I like getting some type of spread and putting about at minimum three TVs in front of my face, however I can do it.
0: And you pretty yeah, much go so from there. Yeah, so describe that. So, like, what's your setup? Like TVs, laptops, devices? So, how, how does it go? Like, you're an apartment dweller these <laughs> yeah, days, right?
1: Yeah, so the the laptop's definitely going to be the, like, I don't know, I'm trying to use the TV stations for reference, like the the True TV game or the USA game. Uh, usually the sure. CBS game is always the one that's great for that window, so that's always going on the main one with the volume, and then the secondary TV is always what I consider the second game of that time window. But yeah, it's going to be a little bit different this year, it feels like, with how they're spreading out time starts, because it's going to be a little bit more spread out than usual, but the concept's going to be the same.
0: Yeah, so I-, I like that, and you can't do mounted on the wall. I Like, I remember I never wanted to mount a TV on the wall. You in could.
1: I-, I mean, I just personally... Prefer not to, yeah. Right. They
0: don't. T- they, they they're not like against that. I guess you have to you have it to patch p- it all up when you're done though, right? Right. Right. So that's work. Yeah. No. It just depends. And you don't do that. You got like a little entertainment know. center.
1: I got uh pretty much. I, I don't even know how to put else to put it other than it's like a uh, it's some it's type table. of weird table. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't even know how to it's describe table
0: it. Table with a, with a TV. What what's the size of the main TV? Uh,
1: main one is 45. 42 okay. or 45 something like yeah, that and the other right. one fine.
0: is high 30s i forget what it is that's that's not bad and when you're when you're living that apartment life you don't have one of those like big massive great rooms so no. your couch <laughs> I, position uh, to tv is probably like 10 feet max yeah or something, so big right? tv
1: goes in the corner and then i pull out a table that holds the uh the other tv the thing is is that i don't use one of the couches in that scenario so that i can get the best gotcha. angle possible
0: I got gotcha. you. yeah, i I'm curious to hear what uh, what everybody's viewing setups are going to be like for tournament time. That's one of the things that uh, we we have a lot of fun through the years talking about whether you just get that setup at home base, which is clearly what we're doing more now. And you know i'm I'm still finding a way. Like I'm still really happy this month. like my my head's in a good place. You mentioned we're not quite back there to gathering with a lot of friends. I am I have learned how to still find some happiness without all of you guys. It's just we've had to do it, right? Right. We've got our close families. We can still be here at home and you could still enjoy that weather at home and getting outside and just just seeing the sun rays beam through the windows with basketball on during the daytime. But tell us about those setups at at the email that we gave out uh, for the last pod. We've never really done much with uh with it, and I apologize for that. But Mad About podcast at gmail.com. Again, madabouthoopspodcast at gmail.com. You know me, when I got the green light in the basement, the TVs aren't that big because I didn't have the wall space, so I had to sacrifice size of the TV. I needed to do two wall-mounted flat screens side-by-side just for the job that we do, man, and all the sports that – you know, we usually need to watch. You've got Blue Jackets hockey. Back when I was doing earlier, you know, daytime radio, and I needed to be up to speed with the CBJ. I need to have that game on. You want to get a Reds or an Indians game on. It doesn't even matter if it's hoop season, right? It's just all throughout the year. Just think about an NFL Sunday. There's multiple games you want to have it on. So I did it. I I bit the bullet. So I'll get to have those two going, and then I'll bring in – I've got a nice, like, big fireplace in the corner that's a brick fireplace, so – I will bring in the third, like the TCL Roku TV, you know what I'm talking about? Like 43 inches or something. So they're all about the same exact size TV, and I'll put that one on the bricks. So I'll have three, like, full-size TVs right there. And then for a fourth, I would go with, you know, the iPad or the laptop to get, you know, every single thing (laughs) that Turner and CBS has on. At the same time. So that's how I roll at my place.
1: I, I don't blame you. I mean, as many screens as you get in front of your face, especially those first two days, is so it's so important.
0: Oh, it's the best, man. And, you know, back to what you were starting off with, with small conference tournaments and just some of the mayhem, mm-hmm. what I was thinking about with all that action at the Horizon League is could you imagine if that was all in one place? Like if that was at... You know the Q in Cleveland or wherever. Like pick a pick a spot in Ohio, a city where they could hold a, a an event like that. Say UD Arena if you're not gonna have it at Wright State's Arena right. in in Dayton. Even though I think they will have that tournament at home sites. So. What's the name of Wright State's arena? It's slipping me. But, the like, Nutter pic- Center. The Nutter Center. Yeah, there you go. Picture the Nutter Center in just a place where you're selling public tickets and you can fill a gym and you've got fans of small conference hoops coming from all over. Just to see a quartet of games like that where it was that crazy. I mean, the one we didn't really hit on was Cleveland State, the other, the top ah, seed God. in the Horizon League, went to triple overtime to survive. And then there was... Some other overtime games that day as well. Like, I'm looking at them right now. You had Cleveland State beating Purdue-Fort Wayne 108-104 in triple overtime. That's nuts. Torrey Patton had 30 points and 13 rebounds for Cleveland State. Then you had Northern Kentucky beat Detroit Mercy 70-69, to right? One point. And then Youngstown State-Oakland at the end of the day. Yeah. I think these were all tipping at the same time, whatever, but you know what I mean. It was eighty-seven, 83, three overtime games. One of them was triple, and then a one-point contest. If that was at a site, and you had just like two session <laughs> tickets, just what fun,
1: right? What fun, but no, I, I think for the non-in-person viewer, it was perfect because it was, well, it wasn't perfect for me because both of my teams lost in horrible fashion, being Detroit and Wright State, but... uh yeah the the at-home viewer had it perfect because they were almost all going on at the same time but it, it seemed like it was different because uh the, uh fort wayne and cleveland yeah. state went almost an yeah. extra hour well my what i might say in the second overtime that center that made the shot for cleveland state it was his first three ever and i mean he amazing it was like four seconds left in the overtime and he's standing at the top of the key he's struggling to find a shot and he just kind of throws something up there and it banks in Like, just at that point, I knew it was Cleveland State's destiny to win. And I think they'll eventually win the Horizon League and then go to the tournament. I I think it's just destiny for them. But, yes, if this was all happening and one day you had a session ticket and you were staying there all day, it'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, and that's some of my best memories are, I mean, even before you get into the NCAA tournament is just covering some conference tournaments or just... You know, I, I I always use that word cover, right? And I apologize. It's just what we when you're in the media and you can get one of those press badges and you're doing it for work. I mean, it it it's never felt like work for me, right? Like that right. that's the goal. That's the goal in life, right? That's what everybody's trying to do is find a passion and find something that they love and figure out a way to get paid for it. So I I've, I've been lucky enough to be in some places where I got to do that. But even before that, when when I'm a college student at KU. And we're just rolling up to Kansas City, you know, whether it was at Kemper Arena. Now they get to play them at the the new Glorious Sprint Center near the Power & Light where they have – by the way, if you ever go out there, Colin, you got to go to the College Basketball Hall of Fame, like in the Power & Light District in Kansas City. All Every right. single college basketball fan listening. Put that on your bucket list. Get yourself like a KU barbecue College Basketball Hall of Fame trip set up and knock it out in a couple of days. There are more basketball – like play games it then you it's like Dave and Buster's for basketball freaks is how I could describe it I mean the interactive games like they have a whole floor man with like 10 different there's like the dunking hoops there's like a foul shot there's a three-point shootout and they have like a bank of 20 Papa shots where you just hit the button and you're playing like it's it's so cool it's so much fun but just just being outside you know, when you get that break from the first session going into the second session and you can go and, like, hit up a barbecue joint or a burger joint to grab lunch and get the beers and then just to know in the back of your mind that you still have the nighttime basketball coming up and you're going to get get to stay up until midnight and seeing all that action. It's just so great. Like, everything about it.
1: Yeah, especially this year if you're going out to Kansas City. I mean, you're going to have a great, great, great Big 12 tournament because I think that's completely wide open now, obviously, Baylor's going to be the favorite, but, I mean, there's at least five or six teams that could win that, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, even if it's been going when I was younger to the uh, Columbus location for games down at Nationwide, I mean, uh, I've always said it. It's not always what you're the game you're viewing in front of you. Sometimes you just get an alert that maybe at a different location there's a, a major upset brewing, and I, I remember the year I went – I believe the game we were watching was like a wasted, like it was a one sixteen matchup for Michigan State with Draymond Green, and okay, but the alert we got was that Ohio was in the process of upsetting Michigan at the time, if I I remember correctly. Oh yeah, so you kind of started seeing the stands kind of file out because they weren't really watching as much as the uh, the one sixteen matchup as they wanted to watch the TVs
0: on the little TVs to watch the Ohio game. Like it's 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 amazing. I mean, you could basically just go to the concourse, right? That's pretty and much what I, everybody I, did. I think, yeah. I think I can remember circumstances where you're at NCAA tournament games. And if you go to the concourse and find one of those bars or or restaurants off to the side, they'll have the other action going on. So that's, it kind of sucks that the game that you were there to see wasn't going that way, but it's give and take, right? That's all part of it. It's all part of taking in live basketballs. You know that you're not going to catch every single game being a thriller, but you've paid the money. You've made that investment and the chances of seeing something special are always right around the corner. Yeah, no, I mean,
1: yeah, it just kind of depends on what your regional gets. I mean, yeah, we had that one sixteen matchup, but then we had an eight nine between. I believe at the time Josh Pastner was still at Memphis, so he he had the eight C Memphis Tigers, and then the nineteen was Rick Majerus's St. Louis team, and St. Louis actually pulled the upset in that game, and it was a really great game. So sometimes you get games that you really don't expect to be like barn burners that really turn out to be really exciting games that you maybe not have known about beforehand. But yeah, no, just getting a ticket and just finding what you can see at any of those games is amazing.
0: So what is the best tournament game conference or NCAA that you can ever recall seeing? In ever person? recall seeing in person? Well, yeah, in, in person. Like what's the biggest
1: memory? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, if you're asking in person, it's really going to be just that game that Memphis and St. Louis game, because I haven't that been to many St. in Louis? person. Yes,
0: Well, the the choices for me, there was a game a long time ago that went into overtime between, it was Blake Stepp's Gonzaga Bulldogs team, if you remember the good okay. guard there. And this was right in the, I can't remember if Dan Dickow, Dan, wait, no, I'm getting that confused. Was Dan Dickow the Oregon guard? I think I am. Uh, that's that's one of the Oregon guards. Uh, but Blake sure. Blake Step was definitely the dog for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And I was at the Huntsman Center, which is where the University of Utah plays. So it was interesting that they hmm. didn't have it at the Delta Center, which was just a little bit off to the west in downtown Salt Lake City, where the where the Jazz play. right Obviously, I don't know what they call that, you know. I, I can't stay up to, up to speed with NBA arena names, so my apologies. But up there on the, the side of the mountains at University of Utah to have NCAA tournament action. And Arizona and Gonzaga was a sensational game. Luke Walton was on that Arizona team. And what I'll never forget is I was still of that age where – I'm like 18, 19. I'm just getting ready to transfer to the University of Kansas. It was my one year at Weber State, and we had some some NCAA tournament action in Salt Lake City. So, of course, you're going to drive down and go to that and hang out. Bill Walton was in the audience, and John Stockton was in the crowd, too. And I got both of their autographs, Evil, on my ticket stub for the game which that's a hell of was a just, memory right there, which was just so cool. And Bill said something. I don't remember exactly what he said to me, but it was brief. You know, I just, I just said like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a big fan, man. I love basketball. And I think you do a great job. He said, Oh, thank you so much for the compliment, man. You know, he just gave, he gave me like a sentence and it was just oozing with the, his Bill Walton accent. And he, "Oh, well, sure. I'll sign that for you. Enjoy the rest of the game. And it, it was great. And, Stockton just to Stockton is very stoic you know I don't think he may may not have even said a word to me but he he signed the ticket graciously and and gave it back and I'm like man that's freaking cool like think about the basketball prowess that I just got on that ticket stub I mean contemplate that that's Bill Walton who without the injuries a lot of people might have as one of the 10 best basketball players to ever live, right, just all around, to pick up a ball, and maybe one of the neatest personalities of all time. He could just sit there smoking a giant doobie, and no one would care, and we'd all just laugh about it. And John Stockton, I mean, the all-time assist man and steals man. And somehow I nabbed them both. But that's, like, the coolest memory. But game-wise, also, like, that game was great. I think Step just totally gaffed on a wide open look in the middle of the lane for a bank shot to maybe send it to the second overtime like it was one of those where you're like oh he's got it like he's got the look and then oh no like he just chucked it too hard off of the glass like he had it right there it's almost like the look was too good for him to believe but the other special moment for me was when i was working in raleigh and dude i got to see the beginning of that steph curry davidson run and it was i can't even describe to you I mean, well, you've been in buildings, and you know how how the crowd. They will played just... that
1: game, or they played yeah. that in Greensboro. That was in Raleigh. Raleigh. Those two Raleigh. were in Raleigh. Okay.
0: Yep. And you're you're right though. Like that was the other thing about living in North Carolina. There would be some kind of tournament action. Almost. It was Always. rare. Always. Like it was rare if there wasn't tournament action in either Raleigh, Greensboro, in some cases Winston Salem. And Charlotte, like since the new Bobcats arena came in, there was some kind of action there. So Duke and UNC would always get positioned there and everyone would say what an advantage that was. And it was, but (laughs) to see, I mean, Davidson was a Charlotte school, so it was an advantage for them to have some fans. But clearly there's only so many Davidson fans that are going to jump in an 18,000 seat arena. But people were still getting to know like who Steph Curry was at that point in time. Like he was a sophomore at Davidson so he was just in the process of rising into what he would become. And it was his second halves, man, in both games. The first one was was Gonzaga. It was Gonzaga again. I think that was Jeremy Pargo's Gonzaga team. He was the good guard on that squad. Oh, wow. And I can't remember the seeds exactly, but it might have been a 7-10 game. I think that sounds right because then Georgetown – was a two seed that year with a with Roy Hibbert yes maybe Jeff Green on that squad too Mm -hmm. so Steph did it all like in the second halves in both of those games he either I think he had 30 in the first game and then 40 in the second and in that first game he had like 25 of his points after halftime and in the second game he had 30 of his points after halftime it was just insane the way that he was just knocking in shots and for anyone that was following him early on, you knew he was more than a 3-point threat too because it was just the way that he could bob and weave on a basketball court. He kind of had that shoulder swag and that that movement to him and he could just see the floor and he could just throw a dime at any point in time and he could get to the rack and get that high arcing layup off that he's that he's been so well known for, but my goodness. I'm I'm getting goosebumps. I want to I, I want to take a, a zero second pause here. And then I want some of your takes on the small conference tournaments Hmm. that you are watching the most. And maybe, maybe I want to know from you like which conference tournament you would want to go to the most that you haven't had a a opportunity to do so yet. And we'll take a look at some of the big action coming up here and tell you about how you can enjoy some more mad about hoops with us in a special way coming up here on selection Sunday. So more in just a second. It's mad about hoops. Uh All right, Tim, so I'm going to diagnose a little
1: bit into these smaller conference tournaments, and I think you know where I'm going to go with the one that I want to attend because it's one of these smaller conference tournaments.
0: Yeah, any conference tournament that you could take in in person. People are are excited about the Big Ten tourney in our neck of the woods, how they're going to have 8,000 fans... Next week at the Big Ten Tourney, March 10th through the 14th. It's all at Lucas Oil, so that's why they can do it. They're not going all the way up to that 25% capacity. That's only going to amount to, I think, 11, 11%. So, But just having fans back is a bright spot because it's it's such a great time. I've I've been able to take in Big 12 and ACC. Well, I guess Big Sky first with Weber State. Right. Big 12 Who, with all the stuff I Weber did. Weber
1: State has a really good shot in the Big Sky this year. You like the
0: Wildcats chances? I do like right here it. in the I, big sky. I'd
1: like them, but I'm I'm afraid they're gonna get the two seed and face Eastern Washington, who I think is actually the favorite to win it.
0: God, it's it's funny how in a conference like that, those same teams can stay oh, yeah. like near the top for a twenty year span. Cause dude, I told you the game that I saw was Weber State versus Eastern Washington. <laughs> that was the championship. That was back in what, two thousand? One. Yeah, I think 2001 or no, 2002 or three before I went out to KU, but that was a Weber State team that won that and picture a big sky team getting a 12 seed. That tells you how good Weber State was wow. that season. Wow. Uh, That's crazy, right? Getting better than crazy.
1: A, getting better than the 14 these days seems like an improvement.
0: Oh, dude, no, they've been 15s and 16s oh, like yeah. clockwork. The the big sky, well, that is a quintessential Mon- one Some of the
1: Montana lead. teams got 14s, but um but yeah, nothing for the higher most, than for that. The most part,
0: nothing yeah. higher than that. And Weber State was a 12 that year, and their their reward was Wisconsin who was vastly underseeded. They were the Big 10 champs and they were a 5. Like they should have been a 3 and Devin Harris was on that team, and Weber played so great. We kept that to single digits but lost, but what, what a fun time that was. So, yeah, I, I want to know. like Do the tournament first. like Before you, you check out some small conferences, what's the tournament yeah, you so would want to go to?
1: Hypothetically, in a false reality, I want to go back to the old Big East. Back to the old Big East, back in the Big Apple, when oh, you had teams like Syracuse on. and whatnot. Oh, I, I God. Re- The Garden, man. The Garden,
0: man. (laughs) It's the Big East. The best conference ever, that configuration. It's a little
1: bit more dulled down now that it's the new Big East. No,
0: in your false reality. Like, we're going
1: back in time, yeah. Right, but if I'm doing it now, I think one of the best environments has to be Arch Madness out there with the Missouri Valley. And especially if you could have had full stands for this matchup possible this year between Drake and
0: Loyola Chicago, I mean, come on, man. That place would be bumping. I don't think you can give a better answer than St. Louis. You've got the city. You've got the the arena, I believe is one day it was called the Savis Center. I don't know what it's called now. I don't but know either. The St. Louis Blues. It's a it's a beautiful arena. I've seen a hockey game in there before. And you've got the food, the culture around that, that the town there, the toasted ravioli. You ever had the T Ravs? It's so good. I have not. No, that sounds interesting. You'll have that whenever you go and take in some Arch Madness, and the name is cool, like with the St. Louis Arch. Like yes, it's, everything about it is awesome. And there's also been years where the Missouri Valley has been so good; they've taken you know upwards of three or four teams to the Big Dance. So it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's probably going to be a two bid league this year, unless if Drake falters, which I think they could because they're missing their two best players in this tournament. Um, but. The reason why I really wanted to point out this tournament because it's just how impressive Loyola Chicago is, man. They had the best defensive defensive efficiency team in amazing? the country. I mean, they're they, number one. They they gave up 49 points today to uh, Southern Illinois. Like, the, if they hold a team to less than 25 points in that first half, that should be the norm. That that should be what you expect from them. They're just that good. And it's what are like, you looking
0: at their uh, seed line for the NCAA? Uh,
1: so I see most people have them on the eight nine. So if you're a one seed man, I, I look out. I would yeah. be super nervous. Like yeah, if it's um if if you get like Loyola Chicago as an eight seed in Baylor's
0: bracket. I'm going to get nervous. I'm going to get nervous big <laughs> I mean, time. D- doesn't even Gonzaga, right? If this, like my I t- hot take with the I Zags would. last year, you wouldn't want that. Doesn't that just scream old-timey Wichita Statey things it happening? It does. Like putting them into that line and just freaking the hell out of a one seed. I with guarantee how you,
1: if you put Loyola Chicago on an eight line around any of those number one seeds, and you look at the, the analytics on the percentage of people picking each Team in a certain round, I guarantee you if they have Loyola Chicago making it past the first round, at least give or take, 25% people are gonna put Loyola to the Sweet 16.
0: They are a team, they share the ball. They've got Sister Jean still rocking and rolling. They've got the the pride of making a final four run before and being a darling. They just assisted on 19 buckets today. Their leading score they scored what 78 points. Their leading scorer had 11. Yeah, yeah. No, they had uh, actually Hudson off the bench. I'm looking at 13 today. So even that bench like, guy leading him in scoring, but they're yeah. Norris so has balanced. 11 points and nine assists. It's just they don't turn the ball over a lot, and they're in your face defensively. It's like you said. So that's that's a great pick. Like there's there's so much other stuff going on. This week, even before we are fully in to tournament madness next week, you mentioned uh, you went over at the beginning of the pod, how you were watching some, some a sun action, right? We mentioned the Atlantic 10 tournament. He just gave you the breakdown there on the Missouri Valley. And, uh, Still to come is a uh, SoCon. Don't forget about the SoCon. SoCon it's going to be D- really Davidson interesting. Davidson used to be in the SoCon. That's why I know mm-hmm. that so well.
1: Yeah, so, so SoCon seems like it's a three-team race between Furman, Wofford, and UNC Greensboro. I believe I picked Furman to win it. I think they're a little bit more experienced, and UNCG has been kind of up and down at the end of the season, but there's a lot of people that are really riding on this Wofford team with Storm Murphy. He's still there. He's a senior leading that team. And then there's a uh, local kid from Columbus, Morgan Sta- uh, Stafford. Uh, he played at Bishop Hartley, so that's cool. a lot of people around here are at least pulling for Wofford.
0: That's cool. You've got the West Coast Conference Tournament with all the, the talking and the griping that's been done by Gonzaga. Do we know, is Gonzaga in that? They've got to be in it, right? Yeah, so
1: uh, what it is, is you remember, if you've ever looked at the bracket before for the WCC, it's that stair
0: stepping stair ladder. Step ladder, right? yeah, yeah, so
1: they're not going to play until the semifinal, so they're just going to wait
0: Right, and it's such a small conference, too, and I, I wouldn't think Gonzaga would play before the semis anyway in that. So, yeah, we did the, the SOCON just there. The OVC is also OVC is going on. All of the,
1: the big teams are still in it. Belmont's played pretty well. Nick Muzinski's back from his injury. He played a little bit the other night. That's good. Uh, He's been on the pod. Moorhead State, who we saw early in the season for Ohio State, they've looked pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Eastern Kentucky is also another one to look out for there. Sunbelt, you got that first round going on tonight. Yeah, Sunbelt's kind of wide open. You have Texas State who actually technically won the conference, but Georgia State's also really up
0: there. And another team to watch out for is Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, the fighting Dustin Johnsons and that coach with one of the more famous sound bites ever (laughs) about the cat and the dog. You got that, what are you doing, little kitty cat? (laughs) I want a dog, be more like a dog. I don't even know who that coach's name. I don't even know what his name is, but he's not the current football coach, I don't I'll think tell you so. that much. I don't think so. And what's last? I think the did we hit the Ohio Valley, the OVC. We just hit the OVC. Did we uh, just hit the did you hit the OVC back yeah, there? Yeah, that
1: was the Belmont one. Um maybe the big
0: South, but it seems like that's kind of Winthrop's to lose at this point. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant to switch it to Sunbelt right there. Sunbelt Conference. So yeah, Sunbelt was the Georgia State, uh
1: Coastal Carolina and Texas State are kind of the biggest ones in the running there
0: looking at Appalachian State and Little Rock for some reason. I'm just looking at it. That doesn't well, they don't are, mean anything about Well, they are in the conference. So. They're in the conference. They're not teams to watch, though. I just saw them pop up on the scoreboard right there. Yeah, I, I don't really expect a whole lot out of them, to be honest with you. All right. Well, thank you for the breakdown. That's evil bald Colin and his beautiful mind, knowing everything about the mid-major flavors out there because it's the it's the time to shine. I just had like a bunch of scoreboards up there, so... Apologies for all that confusion on going back over conferences that you were legitimately just talking about and then saying, yeah, but you just told me about the big sky, but what about the big sky?
1: Uh, I will say (laughs) we we touched on the a 10 a little bit just to watch. This is happening in real time for us, so you'll probably hear it after the game's over. But uh, VCU got their best player back in Nishon Highland, and he's already got 18 points in the first half. So VCU, watch out for them going forward.
0: All right, we'll wrap it up here in a second. We know we've got some – some very interesting games. I, I just feel like it's toned down a little bit because we know, mm-hmm. like at least with the, big do- with the big boys, we're going right into the conference tournaments. So the opportunities are also going to be there next week. Clearly, Ohio State and Illinois is a huge game. It's a senior day, so it's the last home game for the Buckeyes. They're still ranked number seven in the country, but it's such a difficult task to try to get right before going to Indy with Illinois and Kofi Coburn, who is just, even though you beat this team before, you're still scared to death of a team that's operating at that level. What's your quick thought on that game coming up?
1: Yeah, so I believe, and you'll probably know this by the time you listen to this, but I believe that uh, Sumu does not play. Like I said, I heard the rumor early on when this fracture happened that they were expecting to hold him out until the conference tournament, so it would not surprise me if he doesn't play. Last I heard is, I believe, Underwood said he's day-to-day, doesn't sound like he practiced on Friday, so it seems like it's trending in that direction. Uh, this is all going to be about the post. I mean, when, when we played Illinois last, Illinois was actually fortunate to stay in the game as long as they did because of the offensive rebounding they had from Coburn and Bajanashvili. So Ohio State and the post, they have got to shore up on the defensive rebounding. It's been an issue for the, at least the last several games uh, stay out of foul trouble. Hopefully, zeg Key. That's one of the things he kind of gets into trouble with. So, stay out of foul trouble. Rebound on the defensive side and get the offense going, man. We, you, w- since the Michigan game, it just kind of seems like it's yeah. taking a dip. You got to get back up to the mid to high 70s if you want to win this game.
0: And it's just tough to. It's tough to know if you're the Buckeyes until you get you know 15 minutes into that game. Yep. It really is. Like you've got the time off. I feel good about it just with the way that the way that the trends have gone in the Big 10 when you get a red hot team the wall like you hit the wall hard like because the other teams are so good meaning Ohio State that they're ready like they've taken their lumps now and they're sick and tired of it Illinois won like 10 out of 11 I can just I can see it going that way where they Ohio State just sticks the finger right in their chest and says you're done for a second you know we're gonna take this game we're not riding a four game losing streak into indianapolis i don't know how they're gonna do it quite exactly they clearly need to play better much better in every aspect offensively and defensively i just have faith that that old team that we saw for the middle portion of the big 10 is going to show up a little bit more for ohio state hopefully it's a great game i mean i I can't imagine either. I can't imagine either team at this point storming in, in this one. There's going to be too much fight for Ohio State to not get run out of their own gym. But I also think Illinois is too good. You can't see the Buckeyes winning that game by ten or, or yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's it'll be a last two possessions kind of game. If regardless. the Sumo
1: doesn't play and they're as fi- as efficient they were against Michigan, I mean, you just got to tip the cap to them. But I don't think they will do that if he misses the game, which is why I don't see or division. Yeah. A big yep. blowout. So yeah, I, I think it will be close.
0: So if you're a Big Ten fan, check the standings, check how the seeds could shake down. It's basically like if you're looking at an Ohio State 3, 4, and 5 seed is still in play. They certainly would have to win the game and get some help and get Indiana to beat Purdue or uh, actually just get Iowa to lose. Like Just get Iowa to lose on their home floor to Wisconsin, which seems like a tall ask right now with how Iowa is playing as well. You got some big 12. It's, it's very easy to break it yeah. down as
1: if Ohio State wins and the two favorites win, they stay at the five. If they win and one of the uh, upsets happen between Indiana and Purdue and Iowa Wisconsin, they're then back move to up the to double the buy. four. Yeah. If both of the upsets happen and Ohio State wins, they'll actually move up to the three. So you got to watch out for that.
0: Yeah, that and that's the most unlikely of, of scenarios. I, I would say so, especially
1: because yep. both of those teams are on their home courts. Yeah, I would say so.
0: If you're a betting man, you have to say Ohio State stays with the five because yes. beating Illinois alone is a really tall ask right now with the three-game losing skit. I th- I think it can happen, but it's a tall ask, and just going by how Purdue and Iowa are playing right now, I'm not expecting them to lose either, so that would that would shut the door. The, the Big 12, I just want to say, has been awesome this year. It's been fun to watch. I've been getting a little bit more into it lately, watching much more of the Jayhawks, but in, in Oklahoma State and West Virginia and Oklahoma and Baylor, they're all just crazy good. What you have with the Big 10 and the Big 12 – is special and before we go man so on our website for our the station that we work for 971 thefancom join us you can see our faces we'll be there between the hours of seven and nine so we're doing it when the selection show is done because we know how special and near and dear that is to a lot of our fans hearts watching the the show on cbs and just sitting in front of the tv and doing it that way so when it's done We'll come on and we'll just shoot the shit for two hours and we'll have a lot of our personalities from the fan on with us cycling in and out. We're trying to get some of the Buckeyes on, like depending on what their travel is going to be. Maybe like a player in one hour and a coach Holtman in the next. And... I'm really glad you're explaining this now because you're yeah. not
1: telling me the details in real time. So I'm learning with
0: everybody else. Well, this has all been coming together today, man. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, fair. like we haven't really had a chance to talk. And we're, we're I'm getting with some of the promotions guys, and, and you'll be in, involved, looped in in this as well, and how we're going to do our rundown and try to get a, a somewhat of a regimented thing like we did. We did an NFL draft party virtually, you know, back uh, at That's the start right. of the pandemic. That's right. So it'll kind of go like that. Hopefully, we'll get some former Buckeye basketball players. I'm, I've already reached out to Aaron Kraft to see if he can do it. Joey Lane, I'm sure, from the Drive the Lane podcast, he'd be. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to jump on. It. Some of our friends from Ten TV as well. So, I mean, you talk about just wherever your mind wanders, right, for two hours about tournament basketball. And te- I mean, think of how you, what mode you'll be in, Evil. Like when you see the bracket and then you're seeing the <sighs> paths. Your mind will be racing. It's, it's going it. to be
1: racing because you, at that point I'm going to have a good idea who's going to be in, at least from the smaller conferences. So you can kind of diagnose from that, really focus in on those teams and learn more about ones maybe that are bid stealers that you really didn't know a whole lot about. And then kind of diagnosing like, oh, how does uh, Loyola Chicago match up against Oklahoma State in an 8-9 matchup, like stuff like that.
0: Final thought for me is just however you're going to take in the next few weeks, just just enjoy it. Just find a way to not focus on, oh, I might not have the kind of money to get into one of these arenas this year with what the resale value will be and the, with the limited attendance. But just appreciate that the basketball is back, that we're getting all of these tournaments. And whoever you got in your house, your apartment, whoever, wherever – who's in your close circle right now? Maybe some people have been vaccinated in your crew already. That would be great. I'd be happy for you if that's the case, but just just enjoy it. This is a fun month and I I'm, I'm I'm really happy that we're here.
1: Yeah, Tim, I agree. The the fact that we're here a year later after what transpired with the cancellation of the tournament is it's hard to believe it came this fast, but you know, it feels great that we're finally here and you know, just sit back and enjoy because we're making up for two years' missed time here, so let's, let's really enjoy what we got and get, really get into these small conference tournaments because I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of excitement and a lot of bid stealers.
0: Well, that was great, man. And everybody, wherever you're listening, please uh, feel free to give us a review and a comment and tell everybody else that's uh, loving the sport right now to check us out here. This has been Mad About Hoops.